And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chewing the Fat. I am your host, Johnny. And this week, I have an episode that I have been waiting for for months now. I've been trying to get this guy on for a while to have a discussion about cooking with cannabis. But this young man is becoming so successful that he decided to take his show on the fucking road and moved his ass out to Muskoka to entertain some rich folks. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Mr. Pat Newton. To the show yo what is thanks up? for joining buddy yeah. i really really appreciate it thank you for having me brother so i've been trying to get pat on for a while because this motherfucker what, what's your instagram handle she, at chef pat at newton. chef pat newton you got to check out this guy's shit we've all made weed butter weed brownies in our kitchens and fucked it up and got stupid stupid high this man is an actual chef he is a culinary ninja especially working with cannabis so today we're going to learn all about the process, why he has this love of food, why he has this love of cannabis. We're going to learn about THC. We're going to learn about CBD. We're going to have so much fucking fun today, and I can't wait. So I want to start with Pat. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yo, bro. So, you know, I think uh, to understand, we got to go way back. Please. And, and we got to go back to Mexico City. Please. We got to go to the small community of Coyoacan. Uh, and uh, that's where I was born and uh, adopted. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Newton doesn't sound very Mexican. No, 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 no. no. I'm more a gallete than a fucking hey, Newton, you know what I mean? Hey. Um, and um, so, yeah, and I was adopted as a kid. My parents are uh, from, my dad's from Ontario. My mom's French-Canadian, true okay. and true. Um, so the poutine is in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, like they always had an affinity for like experiences, okay. which is so like they were never chefs, they were never foodies, or they were foodies but not chefs. Okay. So they were always like, let's let's uh, expose Patrick to all these different foods. So my love of food happened at a very young age. Like I was always a good eater, mm -hmm. but um, you know when I was two years old, muscles were my babysitter. Legit. Legit. My parents would go out for dinner, they'd take me with them, they'd order me a bowl of mussels, and for like an hour I would be quiet and occupied, and they could have like, like a, a Are we talking about that classic dish, like usually a lot of mussels with fries on the side, like we're in the uh -huh, shell, yeah. in that bowl of uh -huh. like white wine cream sauce, yeah, uh -huh. like everyone knows oh. that dish. At two years old, you are eating that. Yeah, two years old I was like, you know, trying to get in, like, you know, crack the code. Yeah. So you fell in love with food out of very young age yeah i mean i think that's great you see so many people i mean even like i'm 36 you see so many people who are quote unquote picky eaters mm. and it's just like i get if you have an allergy or i forget if there's a flavor that just not just does not agree with you yeah but to be so close-minded off to so many flavors mm. and types of food it just seems like you're cheating yourself so i think when you start to introduce a lot of diverse foods at a young age. Not only do you not end up with a, some fucking picky brat who doesn't want to eat his fucking <laughs> lunch, but you end up with a little human being who has like, you know, a desire to try not even just new food, but new fucking things, which I think is so important. Totally. I think it, it like, okay, like there's a couple things there, but big thing, it's like, it's a personality enhancer when you're kind of just open to those new experiences where plug in cannabis, Yeah. right? Cause like you gotta be on a certain level to wanna, you know, try something like that yeah. that could potentially, you know, uh, mess you up. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, I think you don't need to like everything. Like, I don't love everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, is like, you got to try it. And I think the one thing with food is like, if you have a bad experience off the bat, you're going to be closed off. Yeah, it, true. You know? So it's like, I get it. You had, you had salmon and it was like, your parents didn't know how to cook it. And it wasn't the freshest salmon and it stunk up the house. You'd be like, well, I don't like salmon. Yeah. But if you've ever had the rawest, best sashimi, you don't even need to cook that piece of salmon and it's fucking butter. People just don't, I think you just, you just said it well. Like once you have a bad experience, especially right off the bat, it's just, it's not for you. Mm -hmm. I remember being super, 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 super young. And it was, it was either, it was like wasabi or it was some sort of hot sauce. It was something that was really, really spicy, too spicy for my whatever, seven or eight year old self. Mm. And I think someone like an adult said, here, try this, like as a joke. And I tried it and obviously like it burned my mouth. I was trying to it out. So for the longest time into like my late teens, I say I, I didn't, even try spicy food i was like no like barbecue wings medium fuck no way not a chance that's way too spicy honey g yeah yeah honey garlic my brother was favorite was honey garlic but i was so close-minded about spicy food and then probably my late late teens or early 20s I was like okay cool like maybe i'll get like hot honey wings or maybe i'll put a little bit of franks in my craft dinner or something hot honey is a gateway hot honey is great that was a great stepping stone that was a great stepping stone and now I mean, it took me a long time, but I fucking love, like, certain kind of spice. Like, I'm big on Korean spice. I'm big on, like, hot sauce spice. Indian spice is, like, is still something I'm trying to get up to. Like, a hot, hot butter chicken still fucking kills me. Mm-hmm. But I do like spicy food. But who knows what would happen if I got eased into it at a young age, as opposed to fucking slapped across the face with a fucking buffalo chicken wing yeah, as it were, yeah. right? But, I mean, yeah, like, it could be scarring and, uh... Well, what stuff, like, you said that you even you don't like some stuff. Yeah. And you're a chef. Like, uh-huh. you're Mr. Food. Yeah. So what does Mr. Food not like? Yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna sound, like, ridiculous, but I literally just came around on lamb, like, a couple months ago. Really? Yeah. Like, it's just that muttony, like, you know, it, it's very uh, distinguishing. It's almost gamey, but it's not, yeah. you know? And I like game, I like venison, but you know, just things that are really pungent. There are some mushrooms that are just chunky, big pieces of mushroom that I yeah. like. I don't know if I can fully get behind that, you know? <laughs> so it's a texture thing. Well, I mean, it, it's a combination of all of those things. Because right. food, uh, it's pleasure buttons. Yeah, right? agree. So like, if you don't hit the right buttons, you know, it's not just one certain thing yeah. necessarily, you know? It's, well, yeah, I mean, just like you can activate a whole bunch of pleasure centers, it can also mm-hmm. activate a whole bunch of fuck that centers. Like, for right. me, I can't, I, I cannot eat peaches. Mm. I cannot, if it's not peeled, well, I it's bet the this fuzz. Man's a peach in his the, I, I, I'll eat, oh, buddy, I'll eat a peach. <laughs> like, I love to eat a peach. But, like, a fuzzy, like, even just picking it up, like, that, that texture, that fur on my tongue, uh. oh, man, it makes my knees hurt. Uh. Like, I can't do... I can't fucking do peaches. Give me a bunch of nectarines, yeah, but it's the fuzz. I uh, think it's just like I can't, I that's, can't fucking that's do deep, it. That's deeper than than the surface of it. That I would say that like goes back to like your lineage of like that's in your soul, man. 
because if that because that's such a light sensory thing, I, and I can't that do it, it. it's got to go back like far, like really far. Like <laughs> my, like my two, ancestors were crushed were crushed by a peach. peach no, crunk. right? Yeah, two or three lifetimes ago, something, something, <laughs> something happened. Yeah, something yeah. happened, uh-huh. and then I can't, I but, can't eat peaches. Uh-huh. It, it, uh huh. But uh, that's a big part of it, though, too. It's a mental game. Yeah, you know, if if a a smell triggers you, you're like, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna think I'm gonna be sick. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not necessarily like that, but I've been around people who are like that. Yeah. So I, I get that, you know? Yeah, but I think we'll both agree that there's nothing better than that fucking sweet, sweet smell of cannabis, man. Ooh. Like the burning, just that smell. So let's, yeah, so let's get, let's get on to some cannabis. So mm-hmm. when you fell in love with, with food at a very young mm-hmm. age, mm-hmm. Um, when did you start using cannabis when did you start smoking weed yeah so uh i started smoking weed in grade eight and grade nine okay, so i was so about yeah, like young 14 yeah, yeah. 15 yeah and um like oh the first couple times was it was kind of horrendous and not in terms of like a bad experience i just had no idea what i was doing yeah the first time i smoked weed though went over to my buddy's place and uh we smoked a fuck ton of weed like hot box jamaican box the bathroom like i remember those we were like marathoning it was it was a marathon and uh i didn't get high i've heard that i've heard some people Mm -hmm. say that the first time they smoke weed they don't get high i didn't get i got fucking annihilated yeah but okay so like how described not being high like was it you smoked a ton of it i smoked a ton of it i must have smoked like a quarter your first time you smoke weed you smoke a quarter yeah that's fucking that's fucking Um, when i was my biggest pothead self mm -hmm. like i would smoke a quarter a day Uh that's but that was like it took me years to build that up Uh and like i was just surrounded by a quarter in your first time for anyone out there who smokes weed you'll know how much that is for anyone who doesn't smoke weed who's listening to this, that is... Seven grams. The seven grams, that's like seven really big joints. <laughs> or like 14 joints. That's like 14 <clears throat> joints, essentially. So you'll see people in Hollywood movies or TV shows that like smoke a little bit of a joint. Like, oh man, I'm so high. So 14 of those for one person. And you didn't get high. No. Mm-mm. That must have been... I would have been concerned. Yeah, I was like... What the hell? And like, I was smoking cigarettes at the time, so I was like, not like I didn't know how to inhale yeah, or anything, yeah. you know? You weren't doing that, like, take it in your mouth. And no, just, no, 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 <laughs> no, uh-uh. And fuck, we were in the in the bathroom boxing it up, yeah. you know? Oh, so you're just, you're literally uh-huh. And I was just like, huh, like, all right, cool. I felt chilled out, but, you know, it was like, whatever. And and then the next, like, a couple days later, I got a dime of wheat back when you get the dime yeah, bags, yeah, you little know? Dime bags. And uh, this is horrendous, but I'll share this story anyways. I didn't know like how to fucking smoke it. So I put it in a plastic Gatorade bottle. I put okay. like a five chip in there yeah. and I lit the bottom of the bottle to burn it, to make a hole. And, uh-huh. I, and as it's like burning, I'm like hitting the bottle like I so would a bomb. you're smoking plastic, you're inhaling plastic. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you got high uh, that time. Yeah, I went for a mountain bike yeah. and I was getting my gear on. And I, my dog was coming down the stairs and I could just hear his collar clinking in slow-mo, like clink, clink. And I'm like, oh shit. I wonder if that was the THC or if that was the fucking plastic. (laughs) I don't know. But either way, like, yo, I was like, whoa, okay, cool. Now I'm hot. Yeah. (laughs) It worked. Yeah. So when did you start? Well, let's, let's start talking about cooking with cannabis. Uh So. I myself, back in the day, 
have like I've made weed butter. Mm-hmm. Like you make fucking hash brownies or worst case scenario, you'll take a few grams of weed, bust it up and then toss it into a fucking brownie batter and then mm-hmm. mix it up and make the worst tasting fucking weed brownies you ever had because you're just essentially eating weed. You're eating shake. You're eating fucking shake. And yeah. it's awful. It's dry. The highest that I have ever, ever been and not in a good way was due to some fucking weed brownies not made properly. It was mm-hmm. just ground up fucking weed. Mm-hmm. I was at college and I had uh, a 9 a.m. class. And it was, this was when I was taking horticulture. This was the first program I took. And the only reason I took horticulture was because I want to learn how to grow better wheat. <laughs> Essentially, that was the only reason I was taking yeah. horticulture. Uh-huh. So I had a 9 a.m. fucking class. And I was in my mid-20s. I took some time off after high school before going back to college. So everyone else in my class was like an 18 or 19-year-old kid. And I'm, I was already a bitter bartender and I was like I don't want to fucking talk to you kids like I'm just here to learn Mm. but there was this one other guy who was around my age Gordon fucking east coaster red hair little scruffy red beard fucking stoner I knew it immediately that he was a fucking stoner those guys are dangerous man like so we became real good buddies real quick I think on the second day we went out and smoked a joint together on break I was like hey cool you're my class buddy if I'm not here you take notes if I'm not here take notes we alternate days bringing weed that was our fucking shtick never hung out outside of school that was our shtick and I show up to class like two weeks in and Gordo shows up right behind me and like whatever it's at 8 30 in the morning and he's like yo bro i brought some weed brownies you want any i was like yeah fuck why not so i take a cube this thing was probably the size of a golf ball and i'm like whatever it's one fucking brownie so i chucked this dry ass shitty store-bought fucking batter pot brownie in my mouth choke it down with a bunch of water and about 20 minutes later i am so fucking high that I am resting my elbows on my desk so that I can keep my fucking eyelids open with my fingers. I'm pinching my eyelids open just because if I let go, my eyes are gonna shut and I'm gonna pass the fuck out. So I make it through the first half of class. We go on break. I grab my bag and I hop on the fucking bus and I head home and I think I slept for like some like 16 hours. Just Just K the fuck out. So that was my first experience with a fucking edible. Needless to say, like we've said, so your first bad experience can scare you off. Mm. I didn't touch an edible again until in my early 30s. I was like, there's no fucking way I'm eating anything with fucking weed or THC in it. Fuck that. It's going to destroy me. Mm-hmm. But now we're learning there are real ways to cook cannabis in a food and to put out some absolutely fantastic fucking cuisine. Not just snacks, but mm-hmm. four, five, six course dinners, app all the way to dessert, infused with THC and CBD, all the good things of cannabis. Totally, dude. And you know, like, the, so that's such a like typical first edible experience. Absolutely. Like, you, just, you hear that all the time. And like, you know, that's too bad because, you know, listen, anybody can cook with weed. That's an example mm-hmm. of like, Anybody can cook with weed and get high. Yep. That doesn't take skill. Yep. You know, what takes skill is learning how to dose it properly and balance it out. You know what I'm saying? And um, 
and that's really what what I like to focus on when it comes to weed. Like like yourself, my first experience, I consumed over three thousand milligrams because oh, I did, because I didn't know what I was doing. Dude, I was high for four days. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> like I went to school on Monday and I was like still like not not I, right. You're not right. <laughs> I was still like a couple feet off the ground. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, but you know, right now what it comes to is like. Okay, the right amount. And weed is fucking powerful. Yep. Cannabinoids are sneaky. Like even if you don't do a proper infusion, it could still be pretty, pretty potent. Mm -hmm. You know. So I think it's just kind of like understanding uh, what your tolerance is, mm -hmm. and also what cannabinoids, terpenes jive with your endocannabinoid system with mm -hmm. your body so everybody is different is what totally you're saying, do. completely totally that's man. so incredible so give us give us so give us some examples so when you're talking about terpenes you're talking about can cannabinoids mm -hmm. um talking about thc we're talking about cbd yeah help us understand what some of these terms mean yeah totally when we're talking a lot of people are scared they don't understand yeah. people fear what they don't understand so totally. um i have to I, okay this sounds dangerous or complicated so i'm just not going to i'm not going to chance it i'm not going to risk enjoying it yeah so ex teach us a little bit about some of the terms please. cool so like um to simplify it okay our bodies were tailored for cannabis we have what's called an endocannabinoid system we're not like Eat, reptiles have it, birds have it, almost all bird, all animals in the animal kingdom have an endocannabinoid system. And basically cannabis has, okay, we talk about terpenes, we talk about cannabinoids, we talk about trichomes. It has, it, you know what Snoop Dogg calls it the sticky icky? Well, the, <coughs> the, the sticky icky is where all the cannabinoids and the terpenes are, okay? And, and when you smoke weed, um, it interacts with your endocannabinoid system, okay. which basically is like a sensory system that regulates your entire body. Your skin is an endocannabinoid system. Your your organs, your brain, your uh, um, all of those things are part of the endocannabinoid field. It's it's like neurological uh, web, and, and so it's connected to your nervous system. Totally, totally, and that's part that's part of the CB1. And then the CB2 is like more like uh, your organs, <coughs> your stomach, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and so when you consume weed, it, it interacts with that. Okay. And, and what you really need to know is that um, just like I look different than you, cannabis is going to react differently to me than it is to you. Okay. And... There are so many different strains or varieties of cannabis that to have a bad experience means that you probably didn't try the right strain. Mm -hmm. and so it's like flavors of ice cream, like literally. Like that's that's not for me. I love this one. This one I can live with. I fucking hate this one. Totally. So it's literally, and I mean, growing up, I remember growing up. You know, everyone. Oh, if it was good weed, oh, it's Kush. Mm. Just because weed was good, it was Kush. It was right. Kush. But generally, the two kinds of weed are indica and sativa. And then there are a ever-growing multitude of strains. Totally. And then we also have hybrids. Right. Sorry, indica, sativa, and hybrids. Mm -hmm. So, an indica, 
like there's a rule for Indica. Indica is in the couch. That's mm-hmm. how you remember because it knocks you down. It fucking makes you melt, makes you chill, mm-hmm. makes you mm-hmm. calm. And then sativa is like the focused high or the creative high, the mm-hmm. functional high. Like you smoke a sativa, then you fucking go to the gym and blast a two hour insane mm-hmm. workout. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking do, don't smoke an Indica mm-hmm. if you're planning on going to the gym because you'll fucking fall asleep on the fucking bench. But do you find that when you are cooking, do you keep in mind not only the strains, but like the types of weed that you're putting into certain dishes? Yo, 100%, and, and I'm here to, to air it out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the biggest myth. And It, it is a myth. The, it is a myth. It's the biggest like- Okay, uh, false, I've heard, I've heard about Falsification of cannabis. And it's probably one of the easiest things that people get confused. So like when we talk about indica and we talk about sativa, we're talking about um, the lineage of the plant, the actual plant itself, the structure. So mm-hmm. indica comes from the Hindu Kush region, which is why they call it Kush, okay. right? And it's small, stubby, fat bushes that yeah. like um, grow in that harsh environment. Where sativas are long, tall, exactly. They come from Africa and South America. Okay, um, indicas typically why you get the whole indica couch thing is because they typically are higher in CBD. Okay, and sativas are higher in THC. But those cannabinoids are only part of the cannabis experience because now you look at indicas these small stubby really dense buds which are darker they're they have a earthier smell and a a pinier flavor now those are called terpenes when those terpenes interact with the cannabinoids then those are the reactions that you get the effects okay right so uh and then with the sativas sativas are fruitier they're sweeter. Like grapefruit, sour totally. tangy. Right? And they come from the haze plant. Okay. And the haze plant has those terpenes. Now, um, when those terpenes and cannabinoids interact with your endocannabinoid system, that w- that's what determines your experience. Okay. So you and I could both smoke an indica and it could put me in the couch and it could put you on blast. Mm-hmm. And the same goes with, with a sativa. So that's not, it's, it's about how your body reacts to the entourage effect of the terpenes and the cannabinoids. So you just got to know, and, and, and then let's take it one step further is that predominantly, I would say 99.9% of cannabis on the legal market or even in the illicit market today is a hybrid. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's very little such thing as pure indicas and pure sativas. Um, so, you know, for anybody out there who's like, you know, I had a sativa and it fucking knocked me out. Well, it's probably because like the myrcene and, and the linalool or like the, some of those terpenes, just that's the effect you get. Those yeah. are the, um, therapeutic effects that you would get. Yeah. Like you smell lavender, lavender could be in, in a sativa and it could knock you out. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's literally because you could say, oh, man, I smoked that. I smoked this sativa and knocked me the fuck out. And I was like, really? I smoked that last week and I was fine. I fucking mm-hmm. went for a run. Mm-hmm. Not that I fucking run, but I went for a run. That's so that's that's so fucking interesting. So but then, OK, so then so one step further, let's talk about the food. Yeah, let's talk about cooking. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. Like, let's uh-huh. bring it back to so 
how does the dish that you're selecting, how does that affect the choice that you're making? Let's say, so like, is it, I'm going to do a key lime pie with cannabis, which you do like something like a lemon haze because it's got citrus, like a citrus totally. notes. Like, so yeah. give us, give us some examples. Totally. Yeah. Like a lime kush. So for example, I brought you that, uh, that garlic butter. Yeah. Right. And that has both indica and sativa in it's a 50 50. So it's a garlic Z, which is a pure indica, which is a cookie based, uh, cannabis. And it's also this OKC, mm-hmm. right. Which is a, a sativa dominant, uh, hybrid. And, um, those effects like are balancing and, and that's what it's really about when it comes mm-hmm. to cooking it's about ba- not cooking is balancing the flavors mm-hmm. but it's also balancing the cannabinoids with the food okay uh-huh so let's say okay let's so let's say i made a um uh, my signature cocktail is a is a merry mojito right with a with a lime infused simple syrup which i used a lime and lemon kush mm-hmm. for oh so you infuse the simple syrup with yeah, cannabis. With, with those cannabis. Yeah, and you right? make a like a rum uh-huh. mojito with it. That's totally, fucking, that's right? Delicious. But uh, yeah, you play off of the foods flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. If uh, if we're gonna do like a uh, a smoked venison with uh, rosemary and thyme, we're gonna use like a dark earthy cannabis yeah. to pair with that. That's fucking incredible. That makes it makes so much sense. Because flavors should pair, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what you're using, it's like when you're. It's funny because, like, when you're pairing a wine with a dish, you're doing this. You're pairing a cannabis mm-hmm. with a dish. Yo, this is fucked up. But like, everybody has been eating cannabis their entire lives, and they didn't even realize it because that's what spices are. Mm-hmm. That's what herbs are. They're terpenes that are interacting with your endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. So you've been priming yourself for all of these things. So when you smoke weed, it's like your body knows exactly what the hell is going on. Your brain might not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, I remember you just telling me that when the first time you smoked weed, that you didn't fucking feel like you smoked a quarter. Yeah, your brain might not know what the fuck is going on. Uh But your body body does, right? So like, that's what what the weed is. Cause like, because now you can, you, you'll get edibles yeah. and they're complete uh, isolates. They're made with just THC mm-hmm. or just CBD. There's no terpenes in there, right? And that's that's another thing that's like, you're missing out on so many other things. Like mm-hmm. you eat THC, like you're just gonna feel high, but you're gonna have nothing to counterbalance the high. Yeah. Well, that's why you get like, I'll have a strong gummy. Uh-huh. And I'll get fucking high, and then it's just this boom, this crash after, and then you'd feel just like, oh my god, I feel so fucking groggy. Like, mm. why did I bother doing that? Whereas if you're having something that's been prepared, not with an isolate, but with the like, derived from the flower itself mm. and used properly, and not just the THC or the CBD, but everything that comes along with it, mm-hmm. it's much more of a rise and fall. Totally. Like I've seen some cooking shows and it was cooked, like it's cooked with cannabis yeah. or cooked on uh-huh. Netflix yeah. and they did some really good fucking dishes. And then, you know, there's five milligrams of this and that, and then there's 10 milligrams of this and that, and they're using a whole bunch of different varietals and cooking it properly. And then you're like five milligrams. And you think if you're having four or five courses, 
you're having 30, 40, 50 milligrams. That's a lot of fucking THC. Oh yeah. And that's, that's a lot of weed essentially. So why not have a nice rise and fall along the way by using different varietals that are going to interact with your body differently mm-hmm. and have some fucking fun with it. Not just to get fucking high, but to enjoy the food that you're having as well. Totally. Like uh, food and weed, it, like you got to tell a story with it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's building the experience. Anything that's going to alter your consciousness is an experience that you're like acquiring. That right? you should be enjoying. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like when we were putting our dinner series together, um, you know, that's exactly what we do. They would come in, we have a reception with a, with a cocktail that was paired with terpenes, you know, and that was paired with a bit of cannabis. And we would only do two and a half increments of like two and a half milligrams. We balance some stuff out with some CBD in like a, like a little sorbet that was like intercourse to cleanse the palate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like really playing on the terpene then, right? We put some limonene in there and I'd, I'd pair that with the lemon zest and, and it would be like a lemon uh, um, ice, you know what yeah. I mean? And it just like, boom, it just punches you in the face but like at the same time it's like the the those consciousness altering cannabinoids aren't the only thing that give you a fucking punch yeah. you know and and so when we're you're doing those dishes you really want to kind of have them on an up and a down yeah you want to because because the higher you go the higher you fall well yeah the, yeah the higher you go the greater the fall yeah uh-huh. and we're gonna we're gonna talk more about your your the dinners you were throwing because there's a, there's a lot behind that and i want to hear more about that fucking journey we're gonna take a quick little break and we're gonna come back and hear all about it right on all right now we're back folks so pat we were talking a little bit about these these dinners, these mobile dinners, these dining experiences you would create while you moved out from Toronto to, to Muskoka. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about some of your dinners. Yeah, cool. So um, I had a condo downtown here. And uh, so just uh, one step back is, uh, so I started this company called Munchie Brothers. Mm-hmm. And Munchie Brothers, we make, our, I make infused ingredients. Oh, you're wearing the sweater. I can uh-huh. see it right now. Yeah. So- and make infused ingredients that people can use to cook what they want, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and that was the whole thing. It's like, listen, cannabis is coming into people's kitchens, and I want to not only showcase my product, but I also want to show how versatile it can be, mm-hmm. right? Because when you look at edibles right now, like, you know, we talked about it, brownies, cookies, it's all sugar. Mm-hmm. It's sugar-based shit yeah. that's going to not necessarily make people feel good. Processed uh-huh, shit. Totally, right? So when you, when and, and I want to make fresh food. Fresh food makes you feel really good and it makes you have a clear mind. So now I put the dinner series together and we worked with this company called Ufeast and they had a platform which, uh, it was a subscription-based platform and they would offer experiences. So we were up on there and we, we hosted Hosted a, a series of dinners, probably upwards of like 15 dinners. Mm-hmm. And um, we would have a, a max of eight people uh, that would come in, and, and, and then it was a five course meal plus, okay. plus cocktail, no booze. Yeah. No booze. And, um, uh, and, and, and every dish had an ingredient in it. So the, our, it was a simple syrup was in the, was in the, uh, in the cocktail. And then we'd have a, I call them hemp pinatas and they had a bit of the salt in there. We had <laughs> some, pinata. yeah, we had some of the, they put CAC in salt. You put weed in salt. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into these actual experiences, so how, 
I mean, I smoke a lot of weed and I have no idea how you would infuse something like mm -hmm. properly mm -hmm. with, with THC or CBD or, or terpenes. How would, so how would you do that with salt? Yeah. So what you have to do is you first have to extract the, the cannabinoids, leach them from the butt. Okay. Right. So like if you do a butter or like a, like a coconut oil yeah. and you, and you, you put, you decarboxylate the weed and you put it in there and you steep it and you infuse the weed, you're, you're um, pulling out all the terpenes and the cannabinoids into your cooking medium. Okay. Right. So, um, it, it, you kind of do, uh, those kinds of steps to get it into salt and you have to, uh, um, uh, liquefy the salt get it into a liquid okay right? and so you and, just add water to salt well no 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 because water it can, cannabinoids aren't uh water soluble okay. but they're alcohol soluble so okay. you make a tincture and then you put the tincture in the salt and then you cook it and you re, you have to recrystallize the salt so this is serious work uh-huh yeah to do it properly is yeah. actual work it's not uh -huh. a matter of fucking like busting up some weed, throwing it in a pan with some butter and then simmering it for no. fucking half an hour. Uh-uh. Yeah. Like you actually like this. That's yeah. so funny. So yeah. You, you have to get into the, the, like, uh, the, um, the molecular, the molecular, yeah, yeah, the molecular, the molecular like, structure of it. Yeah. That's so, wild. but then once you know how to manipulate those cannabinoids, you can put it in anything. You can get it into a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. If, if it, if it has alcohol, if it has fat, you can infuse it. Mm-hmm. So you're doing it, so you're able to do it with salt, you can pretty much fucking do it with anything. Okay, so yeah. you put a salt in one of the dishes. Give us give us some more examples of yeah, some of yeah. the stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. so okay, so, and then, and then I really wanted to go off with it. So we did, you know, we would do like lobster tacos and, and, and make the taco shells out of, out of cannabis. You know what I mean? That's like, so funny. Yeah, cool. and, and, and you know, just stuffed and infused chicken. Uh, our, big, our big dish was uh, churros and a s'mores dip. Okay. You know? So where was the THC in that? Uh, in the chocolate in the, of the... In the, in the dip? In the chocolate. No, in the chocolate. So now we can... Uh, so we can infuse fat. We infuse cacao butter and make chocolate from scratch and use that in the uh, churro dip. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh-huh. So it's like it's right in the core of the food. We're not... I'm not like... I'm not big on taking a dropper of 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 this and just dab like you see like THC oil like right. oh we just uh -huh. put it in my, into it's the dressing infused. it's like come on man okay it, I, like I get it cool yeah. you're gonna get an experience but um you know I'm uh, like I want it like in the roots you know well yeah what you want it like you, you keep talking about structure and you mm -hmm. keep talking about it on a molecular level mm -hmm. like. Grassroots, motherfucker! Mm. Like build with it. Mm. Start off somewhere Pun small. Pun intended. So exactly, exactly. Pun intended. Um, so you've done stuff where you were able to infuse cacao butter into uh -huh. So tell me about some of the dishes that you would do at these dinners, because I mean, you said you'd have eight people, you'd have five, five or six, five courses, mm -hmm. five with courses. a cocktail. Yeah. So. Walk us through, like, what would be the appetizer all the way to the dessert? Like, yeah. how would you give us an example uh -huh. of one of your menus? So, yeah, so one of the menus would be, uh, they come in, uh, like I said, the signature Mary Mo Mojito, yeah. which was uh, uh, lime, uh, you know, very, very uh, typical, but had some pineapple and some smoked rosemary in there, you know, just to give it a bit of that, uh, you know, different flavors. And we would smoke the glasses with, with weed and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and really kind of just try to showcase every 
aspect of the plant. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then and then what we'd have that, and we'd have bowls of popcorn, and I'd have this. Uh, it's kind of like a spicy ketchup um, flavored popcorn. Yeah, and we'd uh, I would infuse the popcorn with a bit of salt, and then they'd come in. They'd have uh, the hempanadas, which was a grilled corn and ro fire roasted tomato uh, with. Um, uh, a smoke, a smoky cheese, like a smoky cheddar jack cheese. Yeah. Uh, then and then, okay. So then, what I like to do too is I like to play puns in the food when I build the menu. So when you read the menu, like the first dish is smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and it's reflective of like how it's people. Re it's reflective yeah, of it, smoke oh, and mirrors. Oh, exactly. <laughs> of how people wake up in the morning, they have a smoke with their coffee. Yeah. So the whole thing was a. Um, a smoky gouda uh, joint, so it's like a crispy, uh, um, kind of like a grilled cheese, a a and a lobster cappuccino. Yeah. Right. So that a was lobster cappuccino. Uh -huh. Yeah. How, okay, explain that. Uh -huh. a lobster cappuccino. Yeah. So I would I would make a bisque. I would make a lobster bisque. Yeah. But I would also infuse it with a bit of espresso. And, and, really, uh -huh. that sounds yeah. interesting. Uh huh. So it has that very dark, like it's uh, coffee, kind of earthy yeah. flavor, but the sweetness of the lobster. And, and you know, you uh, you deglaze with the cognac and stuff like that. So it would really build those layers. And, and and then you would have the smokiness of the of the gouda. And I served the dish on a rolling tray with like little bits That's of weed fucking and, and like you know and and rolling papers on there. That's really okay. So wait, uh -huh. so you said it was a joint? Yeah, joint. So could you dip the joint? Totally. Oh, yeah, 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 uh -huh. the bisque yeah, espresso. Uh -huh. Yeah, because yeah. because I also love grilled cheese and yeah. soup, right? So, Who does it? Yeah, man? yeah. That's uh -huh. an after school special. Uh -huh. the fucking yeah. grilled cheese and tomato soup. Uh -huh. so, so, that so was, that's just like an appetizer. That, that's our that's our appetizer. The amuse bouche would be the empanadas, yeah. the, the little uh, grilled corn uh, empanadas uh, with a bit of popcorn, and then we'd go into the second dish, and the second dish was called uh, bloodshot eyes, yeah. and it was a uh, roasted beet, uh, and we would fry the beets and, and blood orange salad with mm -hmm. goat cheese. I'd fry little goat oh, cheese I balls, goat but cheese. the salad dressing was served in a visine bottle. So you would squirt it for the red <laughs> eyes, and then and and and, and then, oh and then the, the, the blood God. orange, the blood orange uh, vinaigrette would go like all over the white plate, yeah, and it yeah. was just like so, you just like got like bloodshot. Blood uh huh. See, yeah. you gotta be first of all, you gotta be fucking a pothead to be as creative to come up with that fucking kind uh -huh. of shit. But that's fucking incredible. Okay, yeah. continue. Okay. Keep going. So, keep so going. then, then, uh, then the, the, the main course. Was called baked and crispy. Yeah. Okay. And I'm and, loving these names, uh -huh. by the way. And, I love and, these. Names. And it was a uh, prosciutto wrap chicken thigh that was stuffed with. I have a signature um, pesto sauce. I just posted it on my Instagram. A uh, 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 pistachio pesto, but uh, I would take the skin off of the chicken and I would uh, cook it in an olive oil. I'd make uh, chicken skin chips with with, oh. with an infused oil. Oh, so that the, the chip, it, the chip just... itself was infused, right? And it served that on on a uh, on a fluffy uh, cauliflower and um, Jerusalem artichoke puree, you know, with some with some uh, honey roasted chipoline onions, you know, and, and the sauce, which was uh, which was part of the um, the the pesto. It was a bit of the pesto with a grilled lemon. Wow. Yeah. 
So it was baked in crispy because, you know, some stuff was baked in the oven, but the skin was crispy Crispy. and, you know, you get baked and crispy. And then the dessert was the, the pipe dream. Okay. Right. And that was the churros, was which the were churros. the pipes. Yeah, that I, so I, I, I would uh, fry the churros and uh, shape them to look like little pipes. That's fucking and then I'd have like the, the chocolate with the marshmallow dip. Yeah. The yeah. As, dip. As the fucking, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's, fucking, uh-huh, so that's incredible. So, I mean, for everyone, for everyone listening and myself included, you really like, you have to know your food. Mm-hmm. Like you really, really know your food. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be as creative, to come up A, with the names, B, with the recipes, and C, the way that you are delivering the cannabis, mm-hmm. um, like the vessel you're using, it's it's it sounds as delicious as it sounds entertaining. And I mean, how long did it take you to to think, you know, this is, this is what I want to do? Because clearly you're very good at it. Mm-hmm. So when were you like, you know what, I love... I love cannabis. I love cooking. I'm going to make this into a business. When did these, these dinners become, this is, this is my reality. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So, um, well, I would say about five years ago, Mm -hmm. I, okay. So five years ago, okay. Six years ago, I moved to, I moved to Mexico and I, uh, while I was down there, I got hit with uh, ulcerative colitis. So autoimmune. What the fuck is that? It's a, so it's an autoimmune disease, and it's basically like inflammation in your colon. And, okay. and what happens is, I was literally bedridden. I, I, I was to a point where um, I went from 185 pounds of solid muscle to 145 pounds of, of skin and bones oh, in man. like in like. 12 days. I was like Christian Bale, the machinist. Yeah. I just, like I just couldn't eat. I couldn't, yeah, it was, it was really bad. So, but the bottom line is, is that like I flew home and I was hospitalized for two weeks and I was like on a whole bunch of meds Yeah. and I was like, this isn't going to fucking work. Let me just try the edible thing. Mm-hmm. And I started eating the edibles and I was like, it was really fucking helping me. I was getting my energy back. Getting your appetite back. Yeah. And, and just like dealing with the other medications that I was on. Mm-hmm. I was just dealing with a ton of inflammation. Okay. So, so it, part of that being sick it had nothing to do with the weed. What had to do with, I was laying down and I couldn't move. So my brain was just going, how, what's the business? Like, what am I going to capitalize on this? How am mm-hmm. I going to like bounce out of this, out of this, um, situation? And I came up with two things, came up with a skateboard company called Newt. And I came up with a, a, a bubble gum, a cannabis infused bubble gum mm-hmm. called Bubba, Bubba Kush. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like the strain Bubba Kush. Uh-huh. So I was flirting with that for a bit and I went to a family reunion and my cousin who was at the family reunion, he was very much into marketing. He's a great storyteller and he, and he also loves weed. And he was like, listen, I've got this idea. And I was like, I got an idea. So I went over to his place and we were blazing a J and he was like, I, I want edibles are coming. You know, weed, I know marketing. Let's put our heads together. And I was mm-hmm. like, why well, I have this Bubba Kush. And he's like, okay, that's cool, but it doesn't solve a problem. What's the problem with edibles? And we looked at the edible landscape and back then five years ago, it was like, okay, edibles, they're not fresh. They taste like shit. Mm-hmm. And the dosing was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So we came up 
with frozen infused cookie dough. Okay. It was so it was individually balled, dosed at 10 milligrams. It lives in your freezer, and when you want to bake a fresh cookie, you put it in the oven, so that you have a fresh edible mm-hmm. that's 10 milligrams, and, and uh, it tastes fucking good. So oven to tummy in like 20 minutes. Uh huh. Kind of yeah. And it's yeah, like you said, it's fresh, and your house smells like fucking cookies. Yeah, from crumbs to tongue yeah. in 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, okay, so we did that. We, we, we put the branding together. We sold cookie dough on the illicit market and we fucking slayed. We would go to the green markets, the other markets. We had a, a we sold, uh, over 10,000 bags in a 12 month period. How many are in a bag? Three. You sold 30,000 cookies. Yeah. In how long? 12 months. That's incredible so that got the attention of this cannabis incubator called leaf forward and and they gave us a what's a a, sorry what's a cannabis incubator so basically what they do is they uh invest in these in these startup companies they put them through a um basically a boot camp and, and and then they pitch those companies to a panel of investors okay uh huh um, so we, we, they invested, we got, we, they invested in our company and, and they took us into their, uh, 18 week program. And, and in that program, uh, was also when, uh, cannabis was becoming legalized in Canada. Mm-hmm. Right. So going into the program, they invested in the cookie dough company. Right. But when they dropped the regulations, which was about two months into the program, you couldn't have anything frozen or anything that wasn't shelf stable. Interesting. So that was like our entire business. That was, yeah, it was your whole business Out model. the fucking window. So we were like, what the hell? Yeah. So we really had to fucking put our heads together. Pivot. Uh-huh. Big pivot. pivot. And we were like, what does, what need does the cookie dough satisfy that we can do in a shelf stable marketplace and that was the infused ingredients Mm -hmm. giving people because it doesn't matter what you do you have to hit the path of familiar Mm -hmm. because that's that's the hook for people they have to know oh cookies oh it smells good that reminds me of when i was a kid yeah you know they they got well, that's feel, why people want to feel good that's, that's why well, that's why eat. that's why gummy bears are so popular because people know gummy bears yeah they're like oh i know this it's a gummy yeah i eat it people right? trust what they know uh-huh so so we pivoted and, and that was the whole thing the infused ingredients so give me an example of, of some of the infused ingredients so, you guys were selling that were now considered shelf stable. Yeah. So um, chocolate chips, yeah. simple syrup, salt, and sugar. Mm-hmm. Those are the first four. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've developed over 50 mm-hmm. different things. Everything from bone broth to um, butters and ghees to uh, different coffees, everything. Like yeah. I'm ready to go. The advantage of understanding uh-huh. food at a yeah. molecular level, uh-huh. like a good chef should. Uh-huh. So that was your initial, that was your initial business. Yeah. So then where did the, where did the dinners come from? So, was because. So then, so then uh, through that, we, with the cookies, 
we hosted a lot of different pop-ups. Okay. So we would have people come over and we basically were doing like, um, uh, what's that? Um, multi-level marketing stuff like Tupperware parties and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So like we would have people over and be... We, Come on we, over, sample yeah, the stuff, let me tell you all about parties, it and then leave with a package. We'd throw the, parties yeah, and bake up cookies and be like, well, you know, you could buy these Who too. the fuck doesn't love cookies, right? right? Exactly. That's smart, obviously. Uh-huh. So we'd have parties and we, we'd do that. So then we were like, well, we can do these these experiences. And that's when you feast was like, damn, these guys are doing something. We should, we should, we should put them on blast. So they, we went with them. We, I curated what pretty much the dinner that I uh, just told you about, and and we put it on their website. And people just started like cha-ching, cha-ching. Like so we were just getting dinged all the time. Yeah, we're doing them twice a month. And uh, so the pop-ups were very successful. Yeah, so oh, yeah. it would make sense to okay, this is working. What else can we do with it? Totally. You're a chef. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the organic direction to take, yeah. right? And then, so I had a whole bunch of, of big things on the go, and then the whole kind of societal lockdown was like, afraid not, you know? Yeah. And, and and so then I was like, okay, well, how am I going to pivot? And my entire direction went online. I just dove in feet first, and I've never worked more than I've worked in my entire life since this pandemic has hit. And uh, I was just like building my Instagram, built, and I rebranded my Instagram. I wasn't always Chef Pat Newton. Mm-hmm. I was Pombo's world. And Why? <laughs> so Pombo is like my alter ego. He's okay. like the guy who gets in the ice cold water. He's the fucking wild man. Yeah. Right. And, and, and before that, I was going up to random people on the street. I had this this bit called Pombo Ponders, and I would ask a question to the city. That's like, funny. Like, what do you like to do on a rainy day? And I would just go up to people and be like, and, and they'd be like, hey, what's up? My name is Johnny, and I love to build a fort on a rainy day. And, and that's how I was like, like just building kind of like this persona. Yeah. You know? So then I rebranded. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going hardcore leaning into this cannabis so I'm Chef Pat Newton, and I just dedicated myself to teaching people how to cook with cannabis responsibly. And I think that like right now, even though weed is legal, there's so much priming of the market mm-hmm. and there's like there's a whole segment that is under um, it's overlooked yeah, because they just don't understand. Well, you said it before and we'll say it again people fear what they don't understand yeah so if someone is not educated about something chances are they're not going to have much interest in it totally speaking on you know about the general public so if you have an opportunity to educate people and use your platform to show well you know like you, you don't like cookies great but do you like a beautiful top sirloin with mashed potatoes and asparagus you know we can do that with cannabis right Yo, weed is on the dinner table now. It's on your spice rack. It's no longer like in a joint behind the dumpster or like, you know. Yeah, hiding in your yeah, buddy's car. Blowing like, through a spoof yeah. to cover up the smell. Yeah, toilet paper roll. Yeah. With the, uh-huh. with the, with the, the fucking bounty, bounty sheets. sheets. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not like that anymore. It's 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 on your dining room table. And, and you know, this is the catalyst this is the shift in mentality Mm -hmm. and we're getting there. So I've put myself, I've dedicated my mission right now is to help contribute to the mental shift. Mm -hmm. 
and, and, and that's all with, okay, understanding the plant and how to cook with it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so great that you're, that you're doing these dinners. And I mean, just hearing about the recipes and hearing your passion and how much you love doing it. And I mean, the fact that you were doing so well and so successful, you think that everything was fucking awesome. But according to you, the government didn't think so. Mm, no. So tell us, tell us about that. No. So like, so, it, and that's the interesting thing is that everybody's going to react cannabis differently. And, uh, we, ha there was a fucking whistleblower. Fuck. We got snitched or something. Okay. Health Canada sent me a cease and desist letter threatening to find me up to a million dollars and being like, let us remind you of the regulations and your limitations in terms of what you can and can't do with cannabis right now. So, so how did it, so how did it go down? You, did you get a manila envelope in the mail? Did someone show up and serve we, you? We got an email. Everything's fucking by email. Right? Yeah. We got an email and, and my cousin sent it to me and he was like, we got dinged bro. And, uh, I was like, what do you mean? And it was like, boom, right fucking there. Like, you know, official OG shit. So was it because, was it because that you were administering it? Was it because that you were doing it without a quote unquote license? Was that you were making profit off it? What was their, what was the whole reasoning behind them saying was, you it, gotta fucking stop? It was all of the above. It was all of the above. It was all of the above, but the major ones to look at, right? Because there's a huge gray market in cannabis right now that people are just doing, like there are a lot of rogue cannabis manufacturers and dealers out there oh, absolutely you know and, and they're not getting dinged mm -hmm. but the thing is is that i can't have weed make it into food and sell it to you okay right you can but bring that... you can bring your weed to my house i we can cook the dinner together i can charge you for that experience and that wouldn't you wouldn't get in trouble with that mm -hmm. however in terms of providing a dinner experience that's not realistic to do, right? Because cooking with weed, it takes a long time. Like well, just like cooking any really good food. I mean, especially anything that you're infusing. Yeah. Uh-huh. First you got to infuse it and then you got to make the food, mm -hmm. right? So that's already- You told us earlier that you got to get down to the fucking molecular level. <laughs> right. You can't, right. we got an hour and a half dinner plan. Uh -huh. you can, can you swing it? Well, so, no. Actually, so that was actually the pivot. Okay. The pivot was, having smaller groups, people come over, they bring the weed and I teach them how to infuse it. Yeah. But it just wasn't worth the time. It wasn't worth the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so I guess back me up for a second. Or just like the government. Oh, just... yeah, right. So, so uh, it, it was like that. It was like, I, w I was providing the weed. I was, uh, you know, breaking the law with, with having them come over and doing the infused dinners and then uh, making profit off that. Mm -hmm. So what's it looking for, what's it looking like in the future? Like, is this gonna be, is this gonna be the norm for now? Is there a possibility? Are you gonna be able to apply for like a private business license? Like Fully. how is it moving? How is it gonna be moving forward? You yourself as a business owner, I'm sure you've been looking into this. Yo, it's, it's on the move. I've got a location and, 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 and right now it's just a, it's a 
a changing of the guard. And I think if you look two or three years forward right now, we're going to have consumption lounges. We're going to have restaurants that are not only cooking and offering weed, but uh, you can grab and go. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's like going to be you, know, you like your a favorite bottle of wine in a restaurant. I'd love to take a bottle of this home. Okay, cool. Well, no problem at yeah. all. I agree with you that it's. Or you have be... a corkage fee. You come in and you bring your fucking. You yeah, bring your bottle. Be a smokage fee. Right. It's exactly. Be a smokage fee. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with you. Uh-huh. I just I wonder how fast it's going to be. I just think it's so interesting because think of all the all the all the stuff we already talked about in terms of the recipes that you're able to do. Some of that food you discussed, I've never had the chance to enjoy, whether it be infused or not. So I mean, there are chefs and there are people out there coming up with recipes, whether to be infused or not, can be enjoyed and joined by all, and offer that at a at a public scale. Going to a restaurant, we've got a lovely, I've got a lovely coffee infused lobster bisque, you know regular unleaded THC or no mm, THC you right. can offer either both and I yeah. think it just provides an opportunity to really let people and a go out and enjoy a meal but to go out and enjoy a meal on a different fucking level mm-hmm. yeah totally man you know and I just want to pull back for a second and say like what's the rush man yeah. like we smoke weed to slow it down yeah you know and everyone's like when's it gonna be when's it gonna be and there's so much anxiety to like getting to the point and yeah. right now I'm like we're not even there, bro. That's, we, but that's capitalism, yeah. right? We got to make a dollar off it. Right, but we're like, people need to understand what it is first, mm-hmm. right? So that's why it's like, you know, okay, let's let's get you to understand what you're coming to this restaurant to do, yeah. right? Because the major, the, the majority of the people that cannabis can benefit aren't consuming that cannabis right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's... The, the, that alludes to my biggest issue is that for so long there was such a horrible stigma about you know surrounding everything cannabis and now it's a bunch of rich white motherfuckers who are owning all these cannabis companies making billions off something they've never even respected yeah they yeah. don't even respect the plant they don't respect uh-huh. anything it's about but no 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 we'll take your we'll take your investments we'll take all your fucking money and we're gonna flip it and make billions yeah but that's I- fucking that's fucking bullshit. It is bullshit, but I'll tell you right now, the proof is in the pudding, and most of those big companies' cannabises that I've tried is garbage. Yeah, I will agree with you. I'm not going to name any brands, no. but there's been a couple of, of stores. I don't go to the stores because I've got mm. my guy, but I've been to a couple of these quote-unquote stores, and it's like 15 bucks for a fucking pre-roll with so much excess packaging, and it's garbage, dry fucking bunk weed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No fucking thing. And, and that that just comes back to okay. We can't rush it too much, and you can't you can't overlook passion. So mm-hmm. when you have like a small, when you take the passion out of anything, uh-huh. it loses its substance. Right, and, and, and so it's like, what well, is your passion making money, or is your passion cannabis? Because if it's making money, then your cannabis is going to suffer. And if if, if, if that's it, what it is right now, uh-huh. and if it's cannabis, then maybe your financial and might suffer a little bit, but the the quality of that product is just so much better. Well, that's that's you can even we can translate that into small batch anything like small batch whiskeys or limited edition shoes or when a car only has a few models made when something has much more care and dedication put into it you're going to end up with a better more refined product and i think we can both agree on that Mm -hmm. so we're going to take another quick break 
And when we come back, I want to hear about your favorite meal to make. Your yeah. favorite, the ultimate Pat fucking Newton meal. And then we're going to have story time. So we'll be right back, folks. So, so now we're back again. And um, I am... After all of those incredible dishes that you described and the passion that you use to describe the things that you cook and create, I would like to know what is your ultimate meal? Like what's your favorite thing to make your favorite? What's your ultimate, your ultimate fucking meal? What's the Pat Newton top cheese fucking hit it out of the park meal? Like your jam, like your peanut butter and fucking jam. You know, dude, the, the one dish that I bury bonds out of the fucking <laughs> kitchen all time is paella. Paella. Yeah. That's like shrimp and rice you know, and so it's a, it, yeah, and... It's a peasant Spanish dish that is rice based, but it, it's kind of like jambalaya where okay. it has like a lot of different um, protein uh, components. So there's, there's shellfish, there's chicken, or like rabbit sausage, uh -huh. so yeah, and do like chorizo and dewy sausage, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's a and you cook it in a paella pan, which what? is a massive circular dish, a huge dish, it's right? Like a big wok, uh, but flat. Okay. So yeah, if there's no dip in it. It's, okay. it's big flat, and um, so and, and the way that you cook it, uh, you know, you you build the flavors, and, and so. The best, the thing about paella is that it's meant to be shared. It's like, yeah, it's a family dish. Exactly. And that's why I love to infuse it so much is because when I cook it, I have a group of people that I really enjoy being around, around to share it with, oh, yeah. right? And, and I infuse the broth. I have a, a, a technique for making stocks and broths that I infuse those broths. And then you infuse the rice, it's the flavor. and. And, and, and yo, and so then we, so the paella, that's my favorite dish to cook, right? But then after that, we usually have like a game. And so that's what I love to do. It's like either Good. play like cornholes in the driveway or bocce ball. Yeah. We have a big paella, I cook it and we get around, we play some games and, and, and then we sit down, we have this meal, you know, and um, it, that's my favorite thing. So it's food. it's not just the food; it's the experience that surrounds your favorite dish. Totally, dude. Which makes sense. Yeah, totally. It's it's so incredible how a certain dish, um, when you make it or whether you're having it, it just brings out these these different emotions and these different sensations. And then when you add that to having it with your favorite people and you're making these memories, it's just some of the some of the best shit like I can remember having like some of the best food is probably like burgers on my barbecue at my parents cottage mm -hmm. because it was something about that grill listen dude it's not about the weed it's about the it's about being high mm -hmm. or not being high but it's about like after what happens the whole experience yeah, all the yeah. whole experience I'm just I'm not even saying just the THC. I'm just saying yeah. when you're talking about what food can do. And I mean, the memories and the feelings that get associated with a good meal and a powerful meal and the, and the people that you love 
when they're around you to enjoy it, then it's just, okay, cool. Take that experience, take that love, take that, that level of, of humanity and then fucking sprinkle some weed on top, sprinkle some love on top. Boom. You're going to have a great fucking time. That's, so, yeah, that, that's the cherry on mm, top, right? Icing on the cake, the cherry on top. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing everything today, Pat. Um, I've been smoking weed for 20 years and I learned a lot of shit today and I got to learn about you and <clears throat> the reason that you have so much passion for the things that you do. So on behalf of everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Now at the end of the episode, <coughs> I'd like to try and do something called story time. And that gives my guests the chance to tell a little story, whether it be something funny, something inspirational, something motivational about themselves, share a little fun fact or tidbit with everyone listening at home. So story time, Pat, what do you got for us? Yo, so, uh, okay. <laughs> Yo, so here we go. <laughs> oh man. I got, I, I got a couple, a couple, a couple of stories, but perfect. Listen, Let me hear too. So on. the, the main thing for me is, um, set, set and setting are big. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there was this bench. I lived at young and York mills and there's this church pathway this, and there's a bench there on the path. And that's where we did a lot of, of weed smoking mm -hmm. back in high school because I was on the way to school. I'd like, meet friends there and then we go to school. That was your spot. That, that was, was your smoke spot. That was yeah, smoke spot. Meet me at the smoke spot. Yeah, yeah. So the the amount of times that I got busted uh, by my dad or my tutor or like, you know, coming home from work and getting busted there. But, uh, <laughs> but so the first time I ever made edibles, okay, I... Uh, I read on the internet that you could microwave olive oil with ground up weed and it would like activate it, right? That was like the, <laughs> the most simplest form of decarboxylating. Yeah. So I bought a half ounce of the most chronic weed that we could find. It was G13, okay. right? Like I've never this, heard of those. Right? Oh man, like back then, like American, what's that show, American Beauty, the movie American, American Beauty. American Beauty with Kevin uh -huh. Spacey? Yeah, yeah, G13 was like the chronic weed, right? Okay. So I bought a half ounce of this and I ground the entire thing up and I put it in a cup of olive oil, put it in the microwave, right? So our, our plan was, my plan was, okay, I'm gonna encapsulate all of this. So I make these capsules. capsules. Exactly, right? Way ahead of the fucking times, right? Like nowadays, that's that's what it's all about. But um, so after filling up like 200 capsules, I still had a quarter of weed left and I'm like, I'm tapping out like this. We've been doing this for three hours. Yeah. So I poured that into a glass of orange juice and I drank the whole thing. What the fuck? Yeah. I drank the whole thing. And uh, <laughs> we went to the bench. We went to the bench. Oh, no. And I, uh, I was, it, I was, I was tripping. I was hallucinating really fucking high. And I remember I was listening to the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack and they had this heavy metal music. I think it was like Slayer or something. Right. And I, I turned into the bench. Right, and I put my hands like this. <laughs> and so I'm like looking into my hands and it's just black. Yeah. And all I see is this laser show and it's the world, it's the earth and it's turning, 
like this and I just see this dun, 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 and like I'm in this world for like what seemed like a no, long it probably felt like an eternity yeah and I'm like yo bro look in your hands there's a galaxy in your hands <laughs> and uh I was looking in there and uh so I was like holy fuck I don't even know how I got home yeah like, I don't know how, I didn't go home I went back to my buddy's place oh, and I woke man. up at four in the morning on the pull-out couch, but it had yeah, the pull-out couch bed, and I was swimming in the sheets. Like I could just hear like these waves. It was, it was Were they silk sheets or you're just still that fucked up? No, it was like a shitty pull-out couch bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So definitely not silk sheets. No, definitely not satin. 100 thread cap thread Satan toilet sheets. Satan sheets. <laughs> Uh huh. And like I, I was high for um oh, for three days. That sounds awful. Yeah. How many milligrams would you think that would be? That was upwards of three thousand. That's maybe, okay, so, maybe more. Yeah. So for anyone who wants that put into a scope, how many milligrams would you have in one of your five course dinners? Uh, one to five. Like how many total? Yeah. How many total it, over the five oh, courses? Oh, for the whole night? Yeah. 25 max. So, 25 max for an entire dinner. Yeah. You took 3,000 at yeah. once. Around uh-huh. 3,000 at once. Yeah. So you were, no wonder you saw a laser fucking light show with yeah. Slayer playing uh-huh. in your fucking hands. Yeah. Oh my God. I, 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 so like for everybody listening who's like, that sounds fucking terrifying. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like. I've had way, like, as as gnarly as that experience has, like, I've had so many bonding moments with weed that is just, like, they fly under the radar. Oh, yeah. And they are literally, like, the best times ever. I mean, yeah, that reminds me of a time. So, there's a buddy of mine back home in Ottawa. His name's Nadden. So, Nadden and I bartended together at uh, Barrymore's. Uh, he was my boss a bit at a nightclub called Lobby, I think. Anyway, him and I known each other for years. Both huge potheads, massive potheads. Always smoked weed together after work, hung out, driving around in his fucking old Mercedes, just smoking joints, talking about life, talking about love, like a good a good bro. Yeah. And there was one winter where a big group of us went to Trombla. Uh, so like every year, mm-hmm. every uh, groups of people go to fuck. Everyone goes to fucking Trombla. Yeah, sure. But me and the boys went to Trombla, and we, you go out, and you get hammered at the local bar, you get yeah. all fucked up, and then you go back to your your hotel, or your Airbnb, wherever you're staying. And one of the nights we all went out, Nadin and I were we got so fucking drunk that we ducked out of the bar early. We came back. We were staying at this cabin. And it was like a non-smoking, like, you know, no smoking inside cabin. And everyone came home from the bar at like three in the morning. Nadine and I were sitting in the dark. We didn't turn any lights. So we're sitting in the dark in the living room of this cabin, smoking a fucking huge joint. And I was playing more than words by extreme on guitar. Cause like we both love that song. And we were so fucking stoned. We were like laughing and crying, just totally into the moment, just yeah. like a couple of buddies smoking a huge bat. And it was like those, that's a memory I'll have forever. And as fucked up as we were, it's just like smoking that joint with your boy, just uh-huh. 
being on a level that no one else really needs to be a part of. Like you're totally. just you're on that level together. And that's why one of the reasons that I fucking love weed, man. Yeah. This fucking crazy ass, crazy ass times. All right, I think we got time. I want to hear another. Yeah. I gotta hear another one. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so yo. Okay, okay. So, I was a bit of a problem child. Okay. I, yeah, I was. At, Most at, of us creatives yeah, are. Uh huh. I was at, at risk youth. I get. I got into a lot of trouble, and so much so that my parents were like, "Well, you know what? Like." Uh, we're going to send you to boarding school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is the beginning of grade 10. So I went up to Russell Lake College. And, um, you know, they sent me there. The first night there, my roommate um, was like, yo, you want to smoke a, some weed with hash in it? And I was like, well, fuck yeah. You're yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, goddamn right I do. <laughs> right, but we were so fucking bait about it. We're like, we, the, I, now I just, I drove by the other day because I'm living in Muskoka now. I live yeah. not far from the school. I drove by and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we fucking blaze there. They're so bait. <laughs> Holy fuck. So that was- For those of you who don't know what bait means, it means it's an obvious place. Yeah. Like your um, heat score. Right, right. You're attracting right. attention. So I, I was like, um, damn. Uh, okay, okay. So first day, I'm I'm there smoking weed. I'm like, this is mm. like I didn't think of it at the time, but anybody else is like, this is not gonna end good for you, bro. You know, because weeds you can't do that at school. And and, and so a couple weeks go forward, and 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 you know, this is kind of like a school where not bad kids go there, but a lot of uh, trouble youth kids find themselves <coughs> there. So we would do a lot of things. So it was me and these three other guys, and we had um, a pop can. And we made a pop can pipe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we went behind the hill next to the general store, which was actually quite a bit further away. And we were smoking the weed. And one of the teachers happened to just drive down the road. And uh, <laughs> and one of the guys kind of popped his head out. It was just a timing thing. And he saw us there. And he came and he's like, what are you guys doing? And we got busted. Got booked. Yeah. Right? Like before, back when weed was super illegal. Right, like, what? Right. This is the devil's lettuce. But even in high, uh, yeah. especially in high school at, yeah. that, at that age. So um, he was escorting us back to the principal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still had like two and a half grams of weed in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, fuck, they're going to search me and they're going to find it. Because, like, you know, I had been suspended for weed before, like a couple yeah. of years before. So, yeah. um, I was like, oh shit. So I pretended to cough and I ate the bud. I like chewed the whole thing. Oh. Two grams of weed, dude. Oh, that's swallowed, like super trooper. Yeah, swallowed it. So now oh. it was like half an hour later, 45 minutes later, and I'm in the fucking principal's office. Oh, and the principal is fuck. like, the principal's like, you have to call your parents and tell them you're getting expelled. And After was, you had eaten two uh-huh. grams of weed. Oh. And, and we were smoking. Oh. I know. How are you feeling? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, fuck. And my dad picked up the phone. Oh, man. And I was like, yo, bro, I, I, I'm getting expelled for the weed. Oh, and like, you know, I got to say Oh, this, my like, God. Listen, like, you know, I can't. They're not all positive weed stories. But no. what I will say is that, like, um... I wouldn't change where I'm at right now for anything. And that's part of the story, Yeah, you know? And, and so cannabis has always been this, like, it's not positive. It's not negative. It's this thing that's like, you know, it's, it's 
But a big part of that too is it's that's also being young. That's mm. being a fucking being an idiot. Like mm. they're not all good stories. Mm-mm. When I was when I was young, like we'll end this not on a not on a sad note, but you told one. I'm gonna tell one. Mm-hmm. When I was when I was in my early twenties, I mean, wasn't much of a youth anymore. I was just a dumb fucking young adult. I was nickel and diming and being an idiot and selling grams here and shit. And mm-hmm. I wasn't being smart about my money. And I ended up getting into a hole with, with some people that I owed money to. And my fucking, I had to go to my mom to bail me out. Like my mom had to bail me out with some fucking drug dealers. Damn. It was, it was the worst. Like that was, that was the end of it for me. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to stop being a fucking idiot. I still, still did dumb shit and I still do dumb shit, mm. but nothing of that fucking nature. Right. So, right. I mean, it's, it's not always great. And I mean, just because there's stories involving cannabis doesn't mean it was the fucking cannabis. Right. This means you do dumb shit when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just also happen to be high. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, and I just like, I was thinking about it before when we were telling the last story and I was just like, you know, it's like, great like here's a time when we got entirely blasted and it's just like ah, it's like it's not necessarily just about getting blasted you know it's like so you know that that's that and uh but you know i just want to say first of all it's like it's really fucking cool to be in an environment where you know you jive with like-minded people like i want to thank you for having me on today it was a lot of fun you know what i mean and it's like you just it's not often that you just come in and you have a good vibe with someone and you're like, yo, okay, cool, bro. As soon as I answered her, I was like, yeah, this guy's good shit. We're going to be, uh-huh. we're going to be just fucking fine. Yeah. Uh, so thanks. Thank you very much for coming on the show, dude. I'm definitely going to have you back because we're going to do an episode on mushrooms um, a few weeks in a season three. So you guys stay tuned for that. Don't forget to go to angrygoat.ca, get your gear, buy some clothes. I'm fucking poor. But um, we'll see you guys again. This was Chewing the Fat, and I hope you guys have a lovely night.